Thinner Logs is a Chicago-based sketch group that writes comedy grounded in shared true, personal stories about our existence as lifelong nerds. We started your stories to give everyone a chance to do what we do, share their own stories, and foster a more heartfelt, welcoming nerd community. Your Stories is about embracing the weird and obscure in your life and asserting your geekdom with a group that gets your references. And, most importantly, Your Stories is a place to bring people up, not to put anyone down. Hi friends, my name is Eric Arnaud, and this is the second part of the Nerdwalks Presents Your Stories May 2014 podcast, in which the truth is out there. This month's storytellers include some cast of the wonderful Improvised X-Files, playing every Friday night at the Playground Theater in Chicago at 10pm, as well as some other friends from the world of Chicago comedy. Uh, this episode in particular, we've got Mr. Charlie Madsen, Cynthia Bangert, Natasha Samreni, and Keith Drozub, plus music from Dwight Hassler, Claire Friedman, and myself, as usual. Uh, so guys, right now the Nerdalogs is in the thick of a six-week sketch show run entitled Lord of the Wrigley, The Fellowship of the Cubs, a Tolkien-esque Chicago baseball adventure that has debuted to some rave reviews. Seriously, that's, uh, that's pretty surprising and cool. I guess I don't mean surprising, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, you can catch the show at the Public House Theater through June 30th every Friday and Saturday at 8 p.m., as well as Sunday matinees at 2. Uh, tickets are available at pubhousetheater.com, that's theater with an R-E, uh, as well as at the door. We hope to see you there. Uh, we'd also love to see you out at our next Your Stories, which we'll record on Sunday, June 15th at 7 p.m., also at the Public House. Uh, for more info on that and all upcoming shows, check out our website at www.nerdalogs.com. Finally, make sure to treat your ear holes with all the podcasts in the Nerdalog family, including the Nerdalog cast, MBSing with Mary Beth Smith, and Talking Games with Tim and Clayton, which I'm actually about to go record as soon as I finish this. Uh, all these shows are available on our website, too, and of course, they're all free for your listening pleasure. So with all that said, thanks for listening, and please enjoy the show. So this first song we're going to do, I feel like the title of the song like could be uh, the title of an X-Files episode, and I say that never having watched X-Files. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've seen I've seen improvised X Files. I've never seen actual X Files, but uh, I don't know. I mean, Werewolves of London that could be an X Files episode title, right? Thank you, two people. <laughs> yeah. All right. I feel supported. Let's do this. With a Chinese menu in his hand Walking through the streets of Soho in the rain He was looking for a place called Lee Ho Foods Gonna get a big dish of beef chow mein kitchen door You better not let him in A little old lady got mutilated late last night Werewolves of London again Ah-hoo Werewolves of London Ah-hoo Ah-hoo 
better stay away from him. He'll rip your lungs out, Jim. <laughs> I'd like to meet his tailor. With the queen Doing the werewolves in London I saw Lon Chaney Jr. Walking with the queen Doing the werewolves in London I saw a werewolf Drinking a pina colada Trader Vicks And his hair was perfect specifically Reapers, and we can't do this song without the instrument that Claire just purchased today. So, uh, True story, I bought this today for this. Get ready. Because here it comes. Because here it comes. <laughs> All right. Like 
that you couldn't go on. Then the door was opened and the wind appeared. The candles blew and then disappeared. The curtains flew and then he appeared. Don't be afraid. Come on, baby. And she had no fear. And she ran to him. Then they started to fly backwards and said she had become like they are. She had taken his hand. She had become like they so we can do this song and I'm like I think we should do it slower and, and she's like I'll still get one so great use of the cowbell like Friedman alright guys this, this night is about stories it's about your stories like Kevin said we usually have a Nerdalogs member kick things off but we do not have any Nerdalogs members speaking tonight because you guys had such an interest in talking which is awesome we don't need to talk anymore so coming up first the veteran storyteller of this crew as far as your stories is concerned Charlie Madsen Charlie Madsen! Thank you. Happy Sunday. <laughs> he is risen. Uh, <laughs> nope. So, there are 458 movies in my Netflix DVD queue, and 127 in my instant streaming list. If each of these items on average are just over two hours... That would be almost 1,300 hours of content. If Hollywood made no more movies and I sought to watch everything in my queue, it would take me 54 straight days of nonstop watching <laughs> to finish all of these things on my essentially bucket list. <laughs> so that would be a lot of screen time. And of course, these movies are all in my queue because I want to watch them. And I will never watch all of them. It's really sad, or even half of them, to be honest. And this is really stressful to me. Because they're all out there. <laughs> and I can't have them. See, we live in a world of constantly available content today. I mean, whether it's Hulu, Amazon Prime, YouTube, the WWE Network, as I love. <laughs> There's always something that can be watched. Now, when I grew up in Kodiak, Alaska, we had one channel. And it was called Ratnet. <laughs> short for Rural Alaskan Television Network. And it broadcast a hodgepodge of programming from rural er two rural areas throughout the state. So Monday was CBS. Tuesday was NBC. Wednesday was ABC. Seinfeld was on every night at 10.30 right before a midnight movie that was shown by this old creepy dude in like an AV lab somewhere in Bethel. <laughs> so uh, that, that was what we got. And you'd think growing up in the wilderness, one would want to spend more time outside doing something. But some of us are born to love movies. And also you can get eaten by a bear. <laughs> So no, I would rather watch Die Hard with a Vengeance for the 40th time. Thank you, though. <laughs> so you can imagine my delight today when almost every movie and television show ever is available at the touch of a button on any device that has a headphone jack. I used to spend $20 each on VHS episodes for 20-minute episodes of the X-Men Fox Kids TV show. <laughs> and now for like $7 a month, I can just watch all of them in one day. It's fine. That, oh. mm, that was my allowance. 
<laughs> so I view this inhalation of content like a journey. Like if I watch every episode of Frasier, I might be able to unlock this hidden truth about like id and ego. <laughs> if I read For Whom the Bell Toes, for example, uh, maybe I'll understand the power of a righteous death. If I listen to NPR every morning, I might understand the nuances of Illinois' corrupt government. <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 all there, but who has time for all of this content? As soon as you check one accomplishment off the list, and more and more content is being hurled at you every second of every day. I also need to listen to all of the WTF podcasts I'm subscribed to, <laughs> read the hundreds of snarky treats, tweets, <laughs> snarky treats, <laughs> snarky tweets written every day by comedians on the toilet, and I also have to watch those upworthy videos that people seem to keep showing that are going to blow my mind and change the way I view the world. And, I mean, you know, TMI, am I right? There's just too much stuff out there. And I just want to take it all in at once, you know, just put a little USB port in the back of my brain like Johnny Mnemonic and (laughs) upload it all into my head like Kung Fu in The Matrix. And then I'll know everything like Connor McLeod and Highlander and hopefully my brain won't explode like Kate Blanchett in The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like, the internet was supposed to make life easier, and now that everything's available to us all the time, we sort of feel obligated to just drink it all in. And there was a time when I didn't have to Shazam a song, and I didn't know that Electric Light Orchestra wrote Showdown, and that was okay. (laughs) It's okay just to think, oh, that raining all over the world song's great. And it screwed up a lot of people's LimeWire downloads because everything was mislabeled, but that's fine. We just lived in that world, and I could just enjoy something without knowing it. And I mean, I don't want to encourage stupidity, but I mean, ignorance is blissful. And it's cool to just lay back and enjoy everything and not archive it and photo it and check in and do all this. It's okay. Like, this is what I'm telling myself. And the problem is, is that it's a hard lesson to tell yourself. And the life lessons that I truly learn are the ones that I hear on podcasts. (laughs) And so the only way I'm going to learn this lesson is in 30 days when this is a podcast. <laughs> and I'm going to hear this guy talking, and I'm going to go, ah, that's some pretty good ideas. <laughs> I like what he has to say. See, our generation is like the test case for all this new technology of en- like enhanced living that we have. And this is an age of overstressed senses. And sooner or later, eventually a medical professional is going to have to step in and stop us. And like... Our content and our screen time is just going to be measured like calories. And people are getting bragging about how small their battery life is. And they're going to say how they don't have YouTube on their phone because they don't allow that garbage and it like rots the brain. And they're going to have that really snobby, like urbane tone that they use when they don't own televisions. It's going to be great. <laughs> but the truth is that, that Pandora's box has been open to all of us. And there's so much in these cosmos to know and understand. And it's all there. It's all there to take. And you can't because there's no room in your life. You have to have friends. I mean, thank God for Facebook. Otherwise, when would I see people, right? (laughs) But it's okay. And I just have to tell myself to take a deep breath, me listening to this in 30 days. (laughs) And just remember that it's okay not to know because knowing's only half the battle. (laughs) Yo, Joe, guys. Yo, Jobra.
if anyone saw G.I. Jeff. Um, that shit about VHS is so true. Like, I remember my parents buying me each episode of the Green Ranger saga for $20 each. Yeah. That's $100 I spent on five episodes of Power Rangers. That would comprise, like, a quarter of a DVD now. That's maddening. Anyway, thank you very much, Charlie. Uh, I mentioned we have Improvised X-Files in the house. The next speaker coming up is going to be representing them, uh, among some others. I went to college with this person. She is a wonderful improviser, comedian, and friend, Cynthia Bangert. All right. Um, so, thinking the truth is out there, my first thought was, but lies are everywhere. <laughs> and I thought, okay, in this excellent, um, you know, this show that we do where we're talking about unexplained mysteries and all these cool things, it's like, what's the most mundane thing I could possibly talk about um, involving lies? And it was my mother and my experience in high school. So... <laughs> My mother is a wonderful, wonderful woman, um, and I'm, I'm one of four girls. And as soon as we hit high school, our relationship was awful and the worst. And as soon as we graduated high school, it's been the best. Um, and so before I got to go through this experience of having her like enforce curfews by sleeping in my bed, um, very scary. It's like it's like coming home to a gram to the wolf in grandma's clothing. Um, so before I got to experience that, I got to watch my two older sisters do it, um, and this was pre cell phone. So we had something called The Notebook, which is not the lovely romantic uh, film you may know, but this like hellish chain that <laughs> binds you to your plans for the night. You had to write down who you were with, where you were going, what time you'd be home, and you had to provide a phone number. <laughs> so you had to give a landline for like a party that you were going to where you knew no one. <laughs> My sister had the experience several times of someone being like, who the fuck is Renee? <laughs> She's like, excuse me, hi, that's me. Um, hi, Mom. <laughs> um, so my sisters were both lifeguards at um, Tui Avenue Beach, pretty hardcore. Um, it really was. They were great. Um, and so they started doing this when they were like 15, 16. And they're working with, like, 25-year-olds, I mean, on the older end, um, which when I think about now, my mom was probably right to be like, you have a 10.30 curfew. <laughs> and we're not allowed to go out. So they would go to these parties for, like, 20 minutes and then leave. So they're, we're, like, the elusive banger girls who, like, never show up. So the, the, like, pinnacle of lifeguarding summer was the banquet, which is at the end of the year, which thinking about now, at the time, I pictured, like, Oh, it's so fancy, and everyone wears glitter and like toast. Yeah. But it was probably like the IO Christmas party, but like shittier and like a <laughs> beach. So, someone one year they like lost their dress on the beach. So you know, it was that kind of like vibe. Um, and of course, my mom's like, "You can't go," and they're like, "Mom," and she's like, "Fine, you can go, but you have to be home at like eleven or something ridiculous." So it's the weekend of the banquet. The banquet's on Saturday, um, and they. On Friday night, they go to a party, and they're like, then they call my mom from the party, from the landline provided, um, and in the notebook, you know, and she 
And they tell her that they're going to sleep over at a friend's house. And she's like, absolutely not. And they're like, bye. And then they sleep over. And I was like 14 or 13 at the time. And I was so nervous for them. So I was like, this is not going to go well. Um, and also like, mom, come on. Because I probably knew subconsciously like, well, this will be me in a few years. So I got to try to get it in there. So my mom is livid. They show up the next morning, like sand covered, like makeup. And they're like, Hi, and, and the thing is, too, my sisters and I were also we were all good kids. Like in high school, we didn't drink. Um, I, maybe my one sister did a little, but like I, we didn't. You know, we didn't have sex. We didn't do drugs. We were like such good kids. So the fact that she didn't trust us was so maddening. If you're like, I'm telling you the truth, and it doesn't matter. Well, I'm going to make something up then. Um, so, like, they show up. My mother's enraged. There's this huge fight. It's in the kitchen. I'm, like, crying in the corner, like, still yelling at them. <laughs> they just want to have fun. And then, and then she says, you are grounded and you cannot go to the banquet. Oh, oh my God. I was like, no, Mom, it's the one night of the summer. <laughs> so I'm, like, crying probably more than they are. I can't tell because I'm crying a lot. Um, <laughs> And they're also, like, really sad, and everyone's angry, and I'm like, this is horrible. And I'm trying to, like, comfort them. They're like, get off. It doesn't, you don't understand. I'm like, yeah, let me in. I love you. So it's it's horrible. Um, so, like, Saturday night comes around. I'm like, Mom, please let them out. She's like, no. What if they read it in the notebook? She's like, doesn't matter. So it's, like, really sad for me. And then, but everything goes on, and life continues, and... When I get into high school, it's, you know, the same. We have a terrible relationship. Um, she tells me my curfew is midnight. She asks who I'm going out with. I say my boyfriend. She says your curfew is 9 o'clock. Um, so it was just, it was really, it was really rough. So in college, my sisters and I were all talking about how our relationship has gotten so much better and our mom is the best. And I was like, remember the banquet? Oh, God, it was so sad. You guys missed it. How did you survive? And they were like, oh, that? Oh, no, 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 no. The banquet was on Friday night. <laughs> I was like, I had two thoughts immediately. One, yes, that's the best lie you could have possibly told. B, why didn't you let me in? <laughs> it broke my heart, first of all. And second of all, you could have given me some, like, insider tips, but it was not to be. Um, anyways, that's all that I have. <laughs> I'm so glad your sisters got to go to the banquet. I was, I was, really, I was really invested in that story. That's not a that's not a bit. That's legit. Alright guys, coming up next, uh a new friend of ours from last month returning, so I guess she didn't get enough of our shit last time around. Natasha Sam Rennie. Yeah! Like shaking hands for stand-up. That's what that awkward pause was. On <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Oops. Um, cool. All right. So I've never been very good at endings at all. <laughs> Writing them uh, for a play or for a story or saying goodbye to people. I like to think it has something to do with growing up as a military brat. If I blame it on my parents, it's easier to deal with. <laughs> because then change was inevitable, and everyone went through it. Every few years, a new school, new set of friends. Um, by the end of every summer, you had a new set of neighbors that you didn't know, but that was cool, because new friends are good, right? <laughs> um, but 
this goodbye was the hardest I have ever made, and I still haven't found the ending to it. I was talking to my mom. You still love him, she said. You're still in love with him. I am. I never said I wasn't. I can't help it. That's how it's supposed to go, right? If you were really in love with someone, it's harder to go away. When did you last talk to him? A year ago? Yeah, it was a year ago. It's been a year, and it still hurts. What about LinkedIn? (laughs) What about LinkedIn? (laughs) Weren't you guys still talking on there? Uh, He was stalking me on there, Mom. Can you stalk on LinkedIn? I mean, I could tell he was the only one viewing my profile because he's the only one I know that lives in Saudi Arabia. And it just kept saying, someone (laughs) from Kaust University in Saudi Arabia viewed your profile. We're Facebook friends now, though. My mom said, I knew it. No, 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 no. But we haven't talked. We're just Facebook friends. That doesn't count as real friends. My mom looked at me knowingly and raised an eyebrow. Okay, I only refriended him on New Year's because it was my resolution to try and resolve my unresolved things and start fresh. Uh-huh. Also, I was trying to convince myself I'd passed a milestone of being more over him from before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, and I wanted him to see all the fun I was having and how I had like reached my dreams and what an idiot he was for leaving. Uh-huh. <laughs> the truth is, that's only half the truth. Um, more of the truth is, if I could bring myself to talk to him again, and she knew this, if we had one more chance to talk in person, face-to-face, breathing the same air... right next to each other in the cheesy movie way where your hearts start beating at the same pace because that's what really happens (laughs) if I could say anything to him face to face I would say so there's this song by Taylor Swift (laughs) (laughs) and she says I'll bet it never, ever occurred to you that I can't say hello to you and risk another goodbye. I would sing that, but I'm not Taylor. (laughs) Um, A year ago, he flew halfway across the world again after we'd spent the weekend together eating, watching movies, fighting, making up, fighting again. Too much dancing, too much wine, coming back home. That was the best beef jerky I've ever had. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me more wine. No, I think you've had enough. (laughs) Okay. And then passing out. The truth is, my truth is, a year ago, I lost my best friend. But he said, whatever you decide, I know we were meant to be together. Sometimes I wonder if he knows something that I don't. How can someone say something like that so assuredly and then just be okay with disappearing for a year? 
A year ago, he said that no matter what happens, he knew this wasn't goodbye. Sometimes I think, if I knew that at least for the last 365 days, he had hurt as much as I did, and cried as much as I did, and made as many stupid excuses for why we were still friends on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook (laughs) as I did, that I would have some answer, some completion to my truth that I was looking for. But I haven't talked to him yet, and I can't conclude that. So I just have to hope that there's some other truth out there that I don't know about. Thank you, Natasha. You have some notes up here. Oh, yeah. You'd like those. The thing about LinkedIn is interesting. Uh, actually, an employer of mine who I was also friends with, like, fired me, which was awkward, and then blocked me on Facebook and then followed me on Twitter, but still is connected to me on LinkedIn. So I feel like she's kind of, like, waiting to see, like, where does he go after me? Which is, <laughs> maybe that's just my ego. Anyway. So this gentleman and I spoke before the show, uh, and we identified that it's been since December 2012 that he's spoken at your stories. That's a long time. Last time, he talked about comic books, which is a subject near and dear to my heart. Let's see who he's got this time. Keith Drezov. Hey, guys. Um, so before I get started real quick, uh, when you guys were playing uh, Don't Fear the Reaper... I wanted so bad to just be behind here, just like kicking the door with an electric guitar and just wail on the solo when I can. <laughs> That's all I wanted in my life. Oh, um, so, uh, yeah, the the truth is out there. Uh, X-Files was a big part of my childhood. Uh, and I'll s- I'm staying real close to that. So. That's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, the truth is out there. I want to believe... I really wanted to believe that Scully wanted to be my girlfriend. (laughs) More so like when she did the voice in Princess Mononoke. That was really cool. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, the truth, like, I, I don't like lying. I don't like liars. So everything I'm going to talk about is 100% true. And to prove that to you, um, I'm going to tell you my top three fears in life. Number one is the permanence of death. It's very scary. Number two, the eventual heat death of the universe. Very scary. Three, uh, giant squids. Uh, I'm not kidding. I have an irrational fear of cephalopods in general. I... I believe that they are either straight up from hell, uh, outer space, or a different like nightmare dimension. <laughs> I honestly believe that. They were not meant to be. <laughs> so, uh, also true, uh, today is Easter. Um, i obviously not back home. I grew up uh, like on East Central Illinois, near Danville, Illinois. Um, but I went home last weekend for my, my dad's birthday, and that was fun. I enjoy going back home uh, mostly because they spring for the really nice toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> if they can afford it, it's nice. Uh, um, but yeah, has uh, anyone else uh, creeped out by the, the Charmin Bears, those commercials? <laughs> they, are, they seem very 
concerned with the status and upkeep of their their buttholes. <laughs> uh, it was, it's it's very creepy. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be so blue talking about like bee holes. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I was fucking my girlfriend the other night, <laughs> and um, she gave me a, a hickey, which was, you know, at the time I was all about it. But also, I'm like, I'm 29, I'm going to be 30 soon, and it's hard to, like, you know, explain away, like, a hickey at this age. And, like, if someone, I was like, how do I explain this? If someone were to come up to me, were to come up to me and say, like, hey, uh, Where'd you get that hickey? And I'd be like, uh, well, apparently my girlfriend is a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> and which you can't really say that, even though it is some, like, high school. <laughs> uh, another true story is the other day, uh, I, I live in uh, Worker Park, and on Wabanzia and I think Polina, roughly around there, uh, I was walking by and I saw... Uh, on the window of this building, and I couldn't tell from the architecture of the building if it was like a home or like just a weird kind of business type thing. But anyway, written in soap on the window, so you could read it from the outside, it said, We heart our teacher, Calvin Snuggles. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the strangest name for a teacher. I don't know what parent would let them go to school with a teacher named Snuggles. <laughs> Uh, but to be fair, with that kind of name, that's the only thing you could do. There's never going to be a Detective Snuggles. There's never going to be a CEO Snuggles. So I don't know what he was going to do with that name. Oh, another true thing is I had the dumbest thought of my life the other week, like a week or two ago. Uh, I, and I said it out loud, so it was probably the dumbest thing I've ever said also. And... I was driving, uh, I was in the car, I was in the passenger seat, my friend was driving, and like we were driving, and the block smelled of marijuana. And it got me thinking what if somewhere there was a person who was in constant trouble with like the law and the authorities because his farts smelled like pot? <laughs> that was probably the dumbest thing I've ever thought and said. So it's good to know there is like a bottom to the well. Uh, that is my idiocy. Um, also something that's true, uh, guess who got a cease and desist from the Nestle Corporation? <laughs> I did. <laughs> and to explain that, is uh, roughly eight months or so ago, I realized that Jack's Frozen Pizza doesn't have a Twitter account. So, so I did that <laughs> and for like 8 months I was tweeting at people as Jack's Frozen Pizza and I legitimately love Jack's Frozen Pizza I wasn't going to slander or libel or anything whatever tweet, like Twitter is uh, but I would just be very weird and cryptic um, I would make constant allusions to this thing I called the approaching pizza wars <laughs> and like uh, and uh, I'll just say things like, um, like all those who swear allegiance to Jack's Frozen Pizza will be shown considerable favor <laughs> and flavor. <laughs> Hashtag nailed it. <laughs> I'd also say things like um, people would ask me, you know, uh, what, what do you mean by the approaching pizza wars? And I would respond even more weird and cryptically. 
Um, <laughs> we offer toppings include cheese, pepperoni, sausage, and mercy, and we're all out of mercy. <laughs> uh, that's all I do. Thanks for listening. Guys. frozen pizza in here during the break what are the odds of that yeah yeah let's do it all right guys so we're here now and you're hearing this because i forgot to press record on one of our songs so this is like we're doing take two after everyone has left but dwight um this is uh this song fits the theme in two ways because it's called uh the ghost of corporate future so ghost and it's by regina specter Yeah, so that was the response we got the first time we said that. And uh, here's the song.
This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.